What's tougher, just simply put, replacing a legend in Nick Saban, the best coach uh, of this generation, no doubt, one of the best coaches of all time, if not the best coach of all time, or building a program up in the mess that Josh Heupel inherited, which wasn't just a coaching transition from a bad coach. It was a coaching transition with NCAA issues. Uh, both will face the transfer portal in which players can just up and go. We're seeing that at Alabama. There was mass exodus uh, at Tennessee from the Pruitt to Heupel transition. So I ask you, Jimmy, what's the more difficult uh, situation to overcome and get back to a championship level because it it ain't easy to do that. I think it's replacing the legend. And, and look, there are a lot of tentacles to this. So when I say that, and you say championship level, I think that Kalen DeBoer is inheriting a, a great roster. Nick Saban was a terrific recruiter. His assistants were recruit, very good recruiters. I think that DeBoer, right off the bat, can have a championship-level team. The key is sustaining it. So if I can add that word to it, I think it's harder to sustain success after you've replaced a legend than it is to rebuild a program. We have seen, uh, from Tennessee's perspective, Josh Heupel rebuilt it Okay, pretty quickly. We saw DeBoer going to Washington. He inherited a 4-8 and eight team. He got in the national championship game two years later. We've seen Steve Sarkeesian rebuild Texas. The key on all of that other part, though, is trying to sustain it. Look at look how many coaches Alabama went through before they really had great success. Now, and I, Gene Stallings did a really nice job for his seven years or so, but it was hard for them to do it. Uh, it was hard for – I mean, look at the Lady Vols with Pat Summit. They have struggled in replacing her and playing at a championship level. So I'm going to say it's harder to replace a legend and sustain success than it is to rebuild a mess of a program like what Jeremy Pruitt left Tennessee. I, w- I, I would tend to agree with that. Caleb, I want um, I, I want your thoughts. Today's tough question, and you can vote on YouTube here in just a moment. Um, today's tough question, more difficult to replace a disaster of a coach or a legend and, and get back to a championship level. Brought to you by Andy Mason, andymasonrealestate.com, realtor with over 40 years of experience in his office, andymasonrealestate.com. Dot com and best prices, best service in the biz. It's that simple real estate in Knoxville that you just can't beat. Caleb? I think, Jimmy, I love you. I love you a lot because you care about my welfare and Dave doesn't. But I, um, <laughs> I think you and I think where Dave's going to go. I didn't, I, make you, wait are... a second. I didn't make you drive into work this morning. Oh, okay. <laughs> we never drive into work, spoiler alert. But uh, um, I think you guys mistake what just naturally happens most of the time head coaches are hired with what happens when you follow follow a legend. I don't think there's any merit to following a legend with one exception. With one exception. When you try to replace the legend, when you try to recreate the legend. And what I mean by that is this. I think let's just call it what it is. Most coaching hires fail, particularly at the top level. Most coaching hires fail. And Alabama had a string of failed coaches before Bear Bryant. Then they had a string of failed coaches before Jinx Stallings. Then they had a string of failed coaches before Nick Saban. That's because most coaching hires fail. It just stands out more when they follow a legend. But I I think the only reason you bring up the Lady Vols following Pat Summit, the reason the Lady Vols are failing is because, let's just be honest, the power players on the Tennessee women's basketball team 
stupidly, I might say, want to recreate Pat Summit with every hire they make. The reason Alabama failed following Bear Bryant for so long was because they made the worst hire in history in Ray Perkins. And then they made another dumb hire in Bill Curry. And they basically were like, if you touched Bear Bryant's pants one day, you're qualified to coach at Alabama. And But but look at something like Notre Dame when they had uh, Asa Parsigan. Is that how you pronounce his last name? I never got it right. Parsigan. Eric Parsigan. Parsigan. That Asa Parsigan, he won two national titles. He leaves. What do they do? They smartly go, we're going to hire Dan Devine, who had no connection to Asa whatsoever or the program. He goes and wins a national championship. They take a shot in the dark on Jerry Faust, and it doesn't work. But then they come back and say, okay, we'll go get Lou Holtz. And he wins a national championship. You can look at you look at um, Bob Devaney at Nebraska. Two national titles. He steps down, and they go, you know what? We'll go get Tom Osborne. And he becomes a legend on his own. I think – I don't think – just following a legend is what makes it hard. I just think most of the time coaching hires fail and they stand out more when you're following a legend. Okay. I don't see it that way. You've given me a couple of examples. I can give you more examples of trying to replace a legend that have failed. But to my point, and, and again, I'm trying, I'm talking about sustaining success afterward. Okay. And granted, some of those coaching hires afterward were not good hires. One example I'd give you related to Tennessee would be this. So, and I would, I don't know that I'd say Doug Dickey was a legend, but he had a great run at Tennessee before he left for Florida. So Bill Battle comes in and he wins 10 games for the next three years. And then he falls off the map and he gets fired because the program took a dive, a significant dive. That's where, and and I remember um, Larry Coker going to Miami, replacing Butch Davis, who had things set up for him. Coker wins right away, but then the longer he was there, the more failed failed teams he had because he couldn't sustain success. I just think it's hard. And, and in this era, what's going to happen with Kalen DeBoer? Well, Nick didn't do it that way. Well, Nick didn't do that. Well, Nick recruited better. Well, Nick wouldn't have lost that game. I think – and there's more scrutiny on it now than ever. I think we'd agree with that. So with every misstep that DeBoer has, and he's going to have some, and every lost game is going to be, well, that wouldn't happen if Nick was here. I think that scrutiny makes it harder now to follow a legend than ever before. Jimmy, I think uh, it's it's two words, transfer portal, which I, I would say makes it more difficult to replace a legend. Now, I think a lot of a lot of Alabama players went to Alabama because Nick Saban, because mm -hmm. they might take less NIL money because he's going to get them to the NFL. Right. So I, I think transfer portal is the difference. Look at Larry Coker, what he inherited. Was Larry Coker an elite coach? No, probably not. <laughs> no, but he, but he, but he won a championship. Uh, Kalen DeBoer is not going to inherit the roster that Nick Saban would have had this year, because he's going to have at least, I would think, a half dozen to 10 bolt for the, the portal. He probably will. I don't know what that final number is going to be, uh, but he probably will. But he lost a tight end to Tennessee, but that tight end wasn't great. No. So I, I'll, I'll be curious to see how many he does leave. I think one reason, Alabama, and look, when Saban retired, I made a comment to a buddy of mine. The first guy I'd go after is Kalen DeBoer because the guy's 104 and 12 in three different schools. Now, I understand one of them was at Sioux Falls. I get that. But I think he's a great coach. And I think they move fast to try to offset, Dave, what you're talking about. If they didn't move fast, how many players do you think they'd have lost in the portal? More. 
Yes. And I, and so I, I think they went after their number one guy and they got him and they did it quickly. I think they did as good as they could do under the circumstances. So, but I do think they moved quick. And then, and then you saw Washington move quickly to hire somebody to replace DeBoer because they didn't want a mass exodus in the portal. So I do think the transfer portal makes it more difficult. It also makes schools hire somebody quickly, more quickly perhaps than they could or should just to make sure they don't lose a lot of players in the portal. Totally agree. Caleb? But, okay, so here's where I'm – the things you guys are bringing up, the transfer portal, um, coaching hires that fail, that's not – I don't necessarily think it's tied to replacing a legend. Like, you're right, Jimmy. You can name a bunch of coaches that have replaced legends that have failed. I can just name you a bunch of coaches that have failed. I don't need to point out replacing – I would say the <laughs> – I mean, I would say the success rate – of following you bring up sustained success i think sustained success is equally hard whether or not you replace the legend i think success rate that we're talking about i think if you really broke it down analytically would be no different for coaches who follow a legend than it is for coaches just in general because look at this level i, I could get i would say 75 percent of coaching hires fail i mean florida's fired how many coaches tennessee's fired how many coaches alabama fired how many coaches and it came way after they were following legends. I mean, Jeremy Pruitt sure as heck wasn't following a legend. <laughs> and he I still, think that, it depends on who you ask. Yeah. <laughs> if you ask Butch Jones. Sure. <laughs> uh, I, Caleb, I think, I think, too, along those lines, and I see what you're saying. Most coaching hires do fail. The vast majority don't work out well. Yeah. You don't hire a Saban every, every year um, somewhere in, in the nation. But, Jimmy, I think there's an intangible, too, um, of uh, fans that if they see a nine-win season at Alabama, then it's probably overreaction time. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to quantify that. Caleb's better at quantifying things than me. But I, and it sure doesn't help that Nick Saban's going to have an office down the hall from Kalen DeBoer. So in the stadium, as a matter of fact. So I think there's an intangible there that I can't really put my finger on. But I think following a legend comes with. Uh, meeting expectations and his expectations are as darn good as they get. They, they are. Uh, and, and now the tricky thing about this and, and look, Caleb's right. There are a lot of failed coaching hires and Tennessee's had their share of them. Other programs have had their share of them, but what, what can also happen is that when the new coach comes in, he can succeed right away because of what he inherits. Look, does anybody think Les Miles is a great coach, but he won a national championship at LSU because of what Nick Saban left him, okay? Mm -hmm. So so he succeeded for a while, and it didn't totally fall off the map, but the program went down. And that's what – I mentioned Bill Battle. He succeeded the first three years, but then it went down. And so I can see a, a coach coming in right after – because a lot of times a legend will leave the program in good shape. Now, today's point, it maybe it's harder to leave it in good shape because pl players are transferring out. And now that you can transfer on a snap of the finger, it's going to make it even harder to keep players. So uh, it's it, I, I do think, though, that there's an inherent pressure with trying to replace somebody that was a great coach. And it's going to be difficult to do that because he gets compared so much to the previous regime. Yeah, absolutely right. Let's get to four downs, because if you haven't Let me had jump a chance... in real quick, because I just yes, sorry. Good work, good work. I, I will bolster your point on this, Jimmy. I think one thing that makes it harder is the administration 
relaxes and rests on its laurels when the legend builds up the program. Alabama right now does not have a top 20 NIL collective. I told Dave this yesterday because boosters stupidly think that they're going to continue to recruit the way they've recruited in the past with Saban. And I'll, I, I, just to quickly bolster your point, not just Doug Dickey, Robert Nealon. I mean, Harvey Robinson and Bowden Wyatt. I know Wyatt had the 56 season, but Tennessee State committed to the single wing when it was way too outdated in the early 60s. Yeah. And it took Doug Dickey to come in and say, all right, guys, we got to change everything <clears throat> about this program. Yeah. We need to, to bring the Renaissance in. So I I'll, I'll, I think, I don't know if it's the coach. I will say the hard part is administration sometimes don't believe they have to do anything to stay ahead of the curve when a coach builds up a program. And, and I think also you're going to have to go to a lot of boosters and say we may need more NIL money than necessarily money that goes to the university, which is a whole different um, <laughs> situation I, I, because they haven't had to give as much NIL money because of Saban's success.